Shut up and sit down. Welcome to another episode of the Super Movie Studies Podcast. A commer. <laughs> hey, old outro. <laughs> a show about comic book movies approached from every angle and a community of nerds discussing how fiction relates to nonfiction. I'm your comic book cultured host, Michael Maurer, joined by the movie maestro, James Scholar Houtsman, and the scientific scholar, Ben Anderson. <gasps> Special guest, my wife. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> hi, I'm Austin Anderson. Ben's wife does really exist. He didn't just make her up. <laughs> We've been talking about her for years. Year. Well, well years. We started, I mean, previously, bef- before wife status. Oh, she pre-wife. She was still mentioned as That's true. a person in your life. This is true. Okay. And, and then, in the studio for one of them. That's mm-hmm. true. You did hang out. I don't remember which episode that was. I don't think you was Avengers. Either. Oh, okay. Yeah. Skyler's yeah, got a really right. fucking good memory. <laughs> yeah. I have no clue. We've done a fucking literally a hundred of these. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of these. And it is your, these are your premier movie discussion podcasts. Every week we continue our journey exploring our favorite subject, superhero movies. Every fan sees the movie differently. So we gather some amateur experts to discuss certain aspects of the movie. Whether it's money, comic books, music, science, or... Death Star things. <sighs> SMSB talks about it all in this week's episode. Why does she get a blaster and I don't? What? I know how to use it. That's what I'm afraid of. Give it to me. We're going to Jeddah. That's a war zone. That's not the point of <laughs> Where'd you get it? I found it. I find that answer vague and unconvincing. Trust goes both ways. You're letting her keep it. Would you like to know the probability of her using it against you? It's high. Let's get quiet. It's very high. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. And yes, there will be spoilers. Death Star stuff. That's weak shit, Skyler. <laughs> you gotta get better yeah, than that. Or blind you know, Asian. Donnie Yen! It's motherfucking Donnie Yen! That's my so boy. The road Donnie. one of my improvisation. Okay. Don, Don, what? Don, Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen's the actor who plays the blind Asian man. Oh. He was It Man in It Man 1, 2, and 3. Huh. And some Snowman in Blade 2. I thought you were going to say Snowman in Snowman 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Okay, first first opinions. Let's start with some something absurd. Uh, I guess Ben? Oh, uh, I this movie, mm, I kind of hated it, and it definitely bored me. It almost destroyed our marriage. It, it's, yeah. We, we had some, some very frank discussions about this movie the other night. Um, but I felt like I couldn't connect with any of the characters and the story when it wasn't boring me it was confusing me and there were a lot of moments where I was just like what and there was only there was there was no emotional response for me and that's not because I'm a psychopath I hope sociopath sociopath either one really 
psychopath's a bit more erotic, socio er, er, erratic. <laughs> both, erotic. Both. Wow. <laughs> hey, yikes. I did not sign up for that. Uh, no. Um, so, yes, I'm not going to say this was a bad movie. It's just one that I didn't connect with. Wow. He for is, whatever reason. You are really pulling back compared to your earlier opinions. Well, we had some discussions about it. And <laughs> you got calmed down. I've, I've, Simmered. My temp, my passions have been tempered. <laughs> I pass it to Skyler. Okay, well, let me reignite that flame. Then a lot of thoughts on this, so I'll try and get through it as concisely as possible. With with me, just isn't a thing. Um, not a bad movie. I won't go as far to say that. I think it's very pretty. It has some um, cool Darth Vader scenes, and I really appreciate the. Um, Attempts to, you know, diversify the cast. Uh, that said, I couldn't agree more with Ben's take that nothing about this movie resonated with me. I think the characters are beyond flat. It also frequently bored me. Uh, the entire whole 45, last 45 minutes is an action scene, and I asked myself several times, is this still going on? And it was. It always was. Uh, but never interesting. I don't see how they can have Mads Mikkelsen and Forrest Whitaker and, oh, God, who else was in there? Uh, Felicity Jones. Who was a side character who was just wasted. Felicity Jones? Oh, the main ben character? Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking side characters. I've Were you about to just be like she was a side character in her own movie? No, 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 no. no. Rude. <laughs> and, and I've seen her in two other things. Uh, this move, uh, this year that were okay. I've seen her in two things. Better. <laughs> she was good in those things. two things. She was better in Ron Howard's Inferno than this movie. Oh, so just let that sink in for a minute. I think you yeah, mean I... Ron Howard's Dan Brown's Inferno. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, Ron there Brown Dan Howard's Inferno. <laughs> Ron Brown Dan. Ha- <laughs> Ron Brown Howard. Ron Brown Howard. Nothing about this movie really connected with me, and I think that's due to the lack of any real pull from the characters. And whereas I came out of Force Awakens thinking, you know, the future of Star Wars is going to be pretty good. I came out of this one thinking, uh, if they all end up like this, Star Wars is going to be some weak fucking tea. Uh, Popcorn Austin. Oh, <laughs> you've been popcorn. Um, okay, well, I have to disagree because I really, really liked this movie. But I liked it for completely different reasons because I felt that it gained, uh, that it made the rebellion gain a lot of depth for me. Didn't necessarily widen out the universe, but it did deepen my understanding of it. And I love any time that a creator takes the opportunity to try something new and to tell a different story because I love the Skywalkers, but not everything needs to be about them. And they're like apparently very troubled youth that is happening all all over the place. So I really liked that they told that story and especially the story of sacrifice. It was a darker star Wars story and it showed like how much the rebellion lost by opposing this gigantic behemoth of evil that they did not have to. And I liked that it lent some blood to that conflict. And I did like that there was a kick-ass girl in charge and the robot was hilarious. And I liked, I really liked Darth Vader's joke because you know that just like after he walked out after like, don't choke on your ambition. He was like, got him. <laughs> <laughs> like, high five, Tarkin. High five. I did it. 
And he's like, what? Like he <laughs> you know, I just like that. I almost burst out laughing in the theater and that would not have been an appropriate time <laughs> to like have a giggle. So, but that's what I felt about the movie. Oh, now you popcorn it. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Popcorn to you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I took over your popcorn. I didn't mean to. It was just reflex. Sometimes I just, that's okay. <laughs> I also was a high enjoyer of Star Wars Rogue One. Uh, Star- Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Oh, I do not give a shit. Star Wars, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. <laughs> Rogue stars, oh a one story of Rogue. Rogue One, a Rogue One story. <laughs> oh my god, you are annoying. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> but I, I, I did have several different complaints about how I just wanted a lot more of those Temple Guardians and just their whole purpose. Um, because it just seems like they were thrown in to the conflict and they're like, oh, I got nothing better to do. I guess I'll just walk with this person right now. Yes. Sorry. I have a theory about them later. Uh, okay. Oh, I have uh, a theory too. Your theory is dumb. <laughs> Much more cynical. <laughs> uh, and I, I really enjoyed, um, I like anything that sort of tries to appeal to the fact that the bad guys might not be a hundred percent bad guys because there's a moment where, Krennic is like, we're this close to galactic unity. Like, it's galactic unity ruled by fear. But it's all, like, they're all the same. We're all fighting for, like, the same exact side. Like, he's clearly lost in his ambitions. But at the same time, you're like, you can totally see how unity among the universe would be a goal we're striving for that you could get totally lost inside of. And then you're like, oh, we have to blow everyone up on a certain planet that are rebelling us so that everybody will learn to side with us so everybody just stops fighting. It's deterrency. It feels a lot like World War II, doesn't it? Yeah, right down to the uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, except in, if the Nazis got the bomb first. Mm-hmm. Mm, think about it that way. Uh, I didn't give a crap about whatever the main guy is. I don't even know. Cassian? Cassian. Ca- Cassian, yeah. I know because I always think Calrissian... Cassian, <laughs> which is confusing. Yep. Cassian was just, I didn't understand. Did, did something bad from the Empire, by the Empire, happen to his family or something? Because it just seemed like he had it out for them. We didn't know why. I mean, like, I'm sure it did because when you have a machine, like, when you have something that is as big as the Empire that's just basically a machine at this point, it's going to roll over some people. Every single great. Well, it's a bit of a stretch calling it great, but like every single massive civilization has trod on a few eggshells to get to where it is. I actually saw a lot of um, similarities between how Cassian viewed things and then the the governor, I can't remember what his name is. I want to say Kasich, but I know it's not right. It's Kasich, uh, governor of Ohio. The one in the movie. Oh, dear. Oh. <laughs> oh. Krennic? Krennic. Okay. Krennic. <laughs> you can see how I got confused. United States presidential candidate John Kasich? Yes, didn't you see him? He was the one in the back in the mud-colored trousers. Uh, uh, no, between uh, Krennic and Cassian, because they both have committed themselves to this wider cause, and they don't see all the harm that they've caused in order to get what they want. It's kind of like the ends justify the means. Yeah. On both sides. Boom, but, boom. But yeah, I didn't like him very much either. So let's get to the money, 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 money. Money makes the world go around. Production budget, $200 million. Does that seem... Low? Low for a Star Wars film? It seems low. Right for a Star Wars spinoff, I would say. Mm. Um, it, I don't, I'm guessing that is also after the widely reported reshoots that, that took place in this movie. Mm. Was there a reason for the reshoots? 
they basically re-put together the entire movie with a different director and writer. Why? They suicide squatted it. No. It, they they that's did. That's not what happened to Suicide Squad. Suicide oh. Squad was they realized that they wanted to be a lot like another different movie. Oh. Mm. Uh, they Ant-Manned it. Ant-Man, they lost, Ant-Man'd it? lost its director halfway through the film, and oh. then they replaced it and sort of became a lot less of what it could have been. Cause... This is kind of the Ant-Man of Star Wars. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> I could you. I could see it like that a little bit, except I don't share your disregard for Ant-Man. I think I like Ant-Man slightly better than this. Oh, you God. just have like, the weirdest standards. Give me some freaking money stats. All right. As of this recording, January 6th, 2017, uh, domestic growth sits at $451.4 million. Likewise, foreign gross is $383.1 million for a grand spake in total so far of $834.5 million. Does why Damn. we never see the domestic beating out the worldwide on blockbusters? Yeah, that seems odd to me. It does. I I, I don't really have a reason right now. I think um, Disney likes to kind of straggle their release dates and release in other territories, not all at the same time. Like Japan get, usually gets the Marvel movies like three months after the U.S. does, so mm-hmm. that could be an explanation. But um, to add a little bit to the. Uh, the pot on that, it became the second highest grossing film of 2016 in just the final 15 days of that year when it was released. And it will be number one very soon. Below... Finding Dory. <laughs> Finding Dory? Worldwide? Yep. You mean worldwide? Domestic. I'm talking U.S. right now. Okay. I was going to say, I don't think uh, Dory beat out Captain America. I don't know. Did you see her... Like baby eyes, like those were some big fucking eyes. Like she grew into those eyes; they were huge. I cried a little when I saw her first. So she was so cute, tiny little squish. Oh, she can't remember anything. Like a stupid dog. (laughs) Okay, Uh, okay. Off of that darkness, it's still not going to usurp the uh, Force Awakens by any means. That one's at three hundred. Excuse me, nine hundred thirty-six million in the U.S. and one point one three billion from the rest of the world. So, not going to quite topple that, but still do pretty well on its own. It had a hundred fifty-five million dollar opening weekend, which is the third best of twenty sixteen, behind Batman vs Superman and Captain America: Civil War. And it had much better holdover than those two movies, thanks to coming out by the over the Christmas holiday. So many people go to see movies on Christmas; it's crazy. It's like yeah. the biggest movie day of the freaking year. Well, is- it also really helps that this uh, Christmas holiday, the only real competition it had was from the animated movie Sing, oh, whereas shit. people just uh, saw the ads for Passengers and Assassin's Creed and just let out a wet tuba fart in response. So. <laughs> I don't know. I thought Assassin's Creed was going to be a valiant effort at a good video game movie, considering I don't think there's ever been one. Well, and Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Well, I'll watch him jump off anything. <laughs> I actually enjoyed that movie more than this one. So. Oh! Okay, we're moving on. No, uh, we're not. Oh, fuck you. No, <laughs> <laughs> By the time this reaches your ear holes, listeners, uh, Rogue One will have surpassed Batman vs. Superman and Secret Life of Pets in the worldwide numbers and has a real shot of surpassing Jungle Book 
Utopia, Finding Dory, and Cap Civil War to be the biggest world release of the year, which means it has to beat $1.153 billion. And it would be interesting to note that if it did that, Disney would hold all of the top five earners worldwide of 2016. Damn! Disney just pumps out good shit. I mean, can you really blame them? Like, there's nothing really... (sighs) Disney pumps out safe shit, is what they do. Ah, well... Of those top five earners, what? We've got Finding Dory. That was a freaking good movie. Uh, it was. We've got... Zootopia is Zootopia's fantastic. Amazing. Really like, picture yeah. of the year possibility oh, yeah. in my head mm-hmm. is Zootopia. Um, if not animated film of the year uh, alone. I forget who's the other competition for animated film of the year that was also amazing. Oh, uh, Fucking Moana? No, 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 no. Moana and Kubo and the Two Strings. Because mm. Ku- oh, like Kubo, Kubo, sh- Kubo should win, so good. just because of how it got jammed at the boss o- box office. <laughs> um, and then like, so that's like that's the animated films are great. And then we have this, which is you know here or there, I guess. Apparently, uh, we have a, the Captain America Civil War, which was a, a decent step forward ish uh, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And what was the what Secret Life of Pets? Jungle Book. Jungle Book. Oh, Jungle Book oh, was Jungle great. Book Come was on, really good too. like that was some really freaking amazing CGI development. I, I think that's walk like you. Yeah, like that was some breakthroughs that I think we haven't seen in a while of just technology <laughs> taking over a film <clears throat> that we haven't seen since Star Wars um, or Avatar. I guess mm. Avatar was one of those films. So we're gonna move on to the comic book quote unquote section of the podcast. Uh, there was originally a three part comic book miniseries announced by Marvel. In April 2016 at C2E2 in Anaheim, no creative team was included in the announcement. And then throughout the months, the project, le- the project quietly got dropped for no reported reason. When pressed about it, no comment. Uh, it just seemed odd that they did a tie-in for Force Awakens that was pretty successful. And it was, in fact, I think the m- most bought comic book star wars uh f- number one was the most bought comic book of that month and it just seems out that they wouldn't do a uh, rogue one prequel if they had already planned for it and they wouldn't say why they also dropped darth vader right before this movie came out too and kind of it made sense because the story was coming to a natural end but you have a film with darth vader in it and that's when you choose to conclude the darth vader comic book Marketing-wise, comic books and movies never seem to line up right, it doesn't seem. They did with Force Awakens, but after that, not really. There is a novel called Catalyst, a Rogue One story that was created in November 2015 by James Luceno, second in uh, four novels that that are scheduled to expand on the new Star Wars universe, the first being called Star Wars Tarkin. This book flushes out the relationship of Krennic and Galen Erso, uh, them being classmates at the same university, Krennic bailing Erso's family out of jail when they were imprisoned during a separatist uprising. This takes place during more so the, the Clone Wars and then precedes sort of moves the, to that 20-year period before we get to the events of Rogue One. Erso was recruited and stationed on Project Celestial Power, 
that provided energy research on kyber crystals. His research was being tested off-world in development of new weapons for the Republic at the time, would soon become the Empire, that would better lead to the destructive power of the Death Star. Becoming suspicious of the intentions of his research, because Galen Erso was originally a neutralist, he arranged for his whole family to escape Coruscant. Uh, he arranged it through a smuggler named Captain Haas Obit, who contacted Saw Gerrera to take him off-world and out of reach of the Empire. That's basically the book. There's, a f- I'm sure, a lot more details, a lot more world-building, and a lot more Empire-exploiting natural resources of planets. But anyway, if you know that name, James Luceno, he's actually a very prominent Star Wars universe writer. Uh, he wrote a lot of like the Jedi stories of the before of the expanded universe before they did the entire universe reboot and then he was going to write a story about how Qui-Gon Jinn and Darth Plagueis sought f- and quested for immortality in two separate ways but they scrapped that project in order to sort of make room for him to make these four novels for the Star Wars uh spin-offs and prequels and such yeah. comments questions concerns intrigues haikus <laughs> quips Nope, none of those. Poets, odes. We, we can move on to music okay. if you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ben, would you like to take the show? Uh, sure, yeah. So we got music. Skylar, take it away. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. It finally happened, but score for a Star Wars movie. This one in particular is done by Michael Giacchino. Not John Williams. Not John Not. Williams? What? Not John. Because he's like 90. <laughs> like the crypt keeper that they just have to prop up in front of the orchestra like once every five years. Originally, this movie was supposed to be scored by Alexander Desplat, who had worked with director Gareth Edwards on Godzilla most recently. Mm. But that was another casualty of the reshoots. Uh, they went back in because they didn't like what they saw and redid some stuff. Isn't Giacchino J.J. Abrams' boy? Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Which funny that he didn't actually end up scoring abrams movie but i digress um i have a theory about this score okay i'm thinking that giacchino was listening to the score for the lion king when he put this one in because there are just way too many similarities between the orchestra score and this for me to be like no it's just a coincidence do you have do you have like a side-by-side do you have at least? A... I don't have a side by side. Those are the best, though. You haven't done that shit since Superman Fleischer cartoons. I want another one but... of those music segments. I like that a lot. Okay, well, if you play this first uh, clip I have called Jin Herso and Hope Sweet, I will dig up what I am thinking of here. All right, here we go. Quite nice. He's nice. 
God. Wow. I always wondered what these sessions were like, and now I know. <laughs> Do you, was not listening to them give you enough clarity? I don't edit much. <laughs> yeah, I get a lot of Ben's stupid shit at home. <laughs> wow. Sorry. I love you. I think you're fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> wow. I liked the soundtrack for this. Well, at least I like that one song that you've played so far. <laughs> when this theme kept coming up throughout the movie, I could only hear that little and attribute it to the track King of Pride Rock from The Lion King, which I have pulled out a clip here. Boom. Thoughts? I don't know if I'm crazy, but just whenever I hear music start with that, that four note combination, it's like, that's it. That's the only thing that it can be. <laughs> it's got to be biking. <laughs> it's got to be that. I'm not convinced. Yeah. There's definitely a piece of it there. But, I mean, I know. Now that you mention it, like, I can hear it. But... Maybe I'm just not as attuned to the Lion King as Skylar is. Mm. I mean, I'll. Basically, every movie composer, and Giacchino especially, draws on Hans Zimmer. Oh, yeah. You know. Really, I would say Giacchino especially draws on John Williams, because he's always called the next John Williams, which... Well, I mean, he's both. Uh-oh. A product of his time? <laughs> I guess. A product of his mentors? And the, the music from the movies you grew up listening to. Yes. The love child of Zimmer and Williams. <laughs> 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 Named Giacchino. <laughs> I wanted to try something different. <laughs> Next uh, track is Imperial Suite, which, you know, kind of sort of maybe sounds like Imperial March, but different. Like this movie. It wants to be its own thing, but then it just keeps cribbing all this these nods from previous movies. So there you go. just imagine Garth Edwards in the studio being like, all right, get you know, what, what's wrong with just doing the Imperial March and some Disney execs like, no, 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 no. Different. <laughs> Royalties, bitch. <laughs> Different, but the same. Different, but the same. Like that is, <laughs> that is Disney's motto of the year. Different, but the same. <laughs> That's what Put I want you to do in every tea. film. 
Except Zootopia. Like, actually Except do something. Except Zootopia for some reason. Yeah, exa- actually okay. do something different. <laughs> Which was also scored by Giacchino. What? Yep. You, wow. even, even Kesha? Or uh, Shakira? Oh, yeah. He's like, all right, Shakira, we're going to make your song. Hey, Michael, hey, Michael Giacchino, <laughs> I know you scored The Incredibles, but we need you to write, like, five kind of bad pop songs. <laughs> <laughs> they are terrible pop songs. That's the only problem I have with Zootopia. <laughs> Those pop songs are not good. <laughs> all right, oh, all right. Uh, comments on the Imperial Suite so far? I kind of liked it because the other one, it makes me think of Darth Vader. Mm. And this one isn't specifically for Darth Vader. Although I did not enjoy how it didn't have that same menace. Like there was like all of a sudden some very peppy horns. And I was like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> like I was like, whoa, I feel I feel like going and conquering, which maybe is the whole point. I don't know. <laughs> but uh little pep in your imperial step. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Two, three, four, smile. <laughs> I don't know. I'm weird because I'm the exact opposite of Ben where I just like kind of instantly like things for for no reason at all where Ben just sort of instantly kind of hates them. I feel like this is going to be used as evidence in a court case someday. Just no. Think about it this way. We're talking smack so much. Ben is a cat and I am a dog. Oh. I am happy about everything. Ben is sort of just like, meh. I'm going to knock that off the table. I'm going to get thrilled about treats. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! It should also be mentioned that this is a score that was written in like four weeks, written and recorded. Excuse me. Damn. So, Handel wrote and recorded there. the Messiah in six hours. Like, come on, that's no excuse. Yeah, he recorded it in oh. six hours. Some pretty well. fancy equipment. Okay, no. He wrote and recorded the Messiah in like three days. Mozart wrote and recorded. The overture to Don Don Giovanni in about four hours. How did so, Mozart record something? He conducted it, <laughs> and then vibrations in the air were received by a microphone and then etched onto a wax cylinder. I kind of like it for the exact reason that Skylar seems to not is that it does remind me of the previous movie, but it doesn't go over so many of the same notes that I'm like, well, I feel like I'm sitting through a New Hope again because ah. I've already sat through a New Hope again and I enjoyed it, like it was fine, but. It's nice to just see a different direction. But again, I'm a very peppy person, so I like things. Scott, what's your last track? My last track is Your Father Would Be Proud, in which Disney's most diverse, exciting cast is all killed the fuck off. That sounded Lion King to me. Yeah, to me too. Like the first little bit, I was like, <gasps> like it's raining at Pride Rock. <laughs> it is it's raining at Pride Rock. No, it's Rafiki is like wiping off Simba's painting on the wall because he thinks he's dead. I didn't you know said where you you'd were always going be there that. for me. <laughs> I'm not crazy. <laughs> no, yeah, I agree. I didn't particularly enjoy that part. Where everyone Musically. died. Everyone died. Oh, okay. yeah, it was wow. Everyone, everyone freaking died. Literally. I was like, uh, when 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 it 
I forget when I started thinking this, but I'm like, wait a second. None of these people are ever talked about in the other movies. I wonder if they're going to kill off literally everybody. And I was like, hmm. You know what? As much as that's like a bummer, I enjoyed that decision. Because it shows that risk, I guess, you know, of that the Empire wins a lot because they're fucking massive. It takes a lot to fight the Empire. Yeah, it was a it was a clean decision too, because then they don't have to worry about like, did we mention these guys in a new hope? Because guess what? We fucking didn't. Like, oh, <laughs> don't forget to wipe that droid's memory. <laughs> I know that I was like, it, oh. was, <laughs> it, it was daring. It I, mm. it really was. Um apparently one of the big things they changed in the uh, reshoots was the ending, in which case Jin and Cassian would have escaped. Mm. And O.C. Jones actually has a sequel option, although how that's going to happen. What? Where? Star Wars Rogue One Part Zero, a Star Wars story prequel. She uh, suddenly has the ability to use the Force to shield her from a blast of nuke. No, no. Force Ghost. I'm one with the Force and the Force Ghost. I hated that. That was so stupid and childish. If the guy has Force powers to deflect blaster bolts... Why doesn't he just use his force powers to pull the lever? Because he doesn't actually have force powers. Then why does he deflect all the bolts? He doesn't. His faith does. Which is not the greatest part of the film, no. But also, (laughs) I just want to see Donnie Yen in more projects. Yo, and Jesus said, if any of you have a faith the size of a mustard seed, say to the mountain, get up and get the fuck out of here, and it will. <laughs> so why can't you do that with a lever? It's a lot smaller than a mountain. I don't enjoy saying this, but Ben is sort of right. <laughs> um, because, and I mean, I don't know, like with their new rebooted universe or whatever, but there is precedent in the universe as I know it, which was probably before they rebooted it, where there are Force-sensitive children that like not everyone becomes a Padawan. Not yeah. everyone gets sent away for Jedi training. It's very similar to how like in the Harry Potter world, you have squibs where they have that magical ability, but they can't use it really. Okay. So, so like, they're like the Asperger's children of Star Wars. What the what? F- what an insensitive thing to say. <laughs> but about? I'm good at that. Yes. <laughs> so we're talking about the two protectors, the guy from the the guys from the Jedi Temple. Yeah. So th- there's a th- there's the idea is that there are these force sensitive children who don't make it to be padawans they aren't selected to teach like to to learn with the Jedi masters so they are sent to the Jedi temples as caretakers where they can still like learn and be safe and like use that ability but not to the full extent of becoming a Jedi Knight or a Jedi Master it's sort of like sort of like the lower level Jedi order um. and I know that's Becoming a, a grunt trooper versus a yeah, general? Yeah, basically. And it sucked. I mean, like, you kind of do all the bitch work, which sucks. But it would make you're sense. You're still part of the army? Yeah, you're still part of the army. And, like, it would make sense then that he could deflect those bullets because he has the latent ability to do so. Um, but not the fine-tuned control to pull a lever. And I know that's might okay. seem like a bit of a stretch. I'll accept that explanation. But, oh, thank God. Uh, <laughs> um, but that would make sense then why there are these two guys that have just been sticking around this Jedi temple. They literally have nowhere else to go. The Jedi way was their home, but they don't have enough pull on the forest to make Vader and the Emperor hunt them down. They don't have enough pull to make them sit up and be like, oh, there seems to be like some bubble over there. Yeah. So... 
At first they're, just, like, or they're like, Luke and Leia, the Force yeah. is so strong. Yeah, so it's like the idea is that the Force, like there's a warping effect around those who have like really strong Force powers. That's why they can sense Luke with his presence on the Force. Um, so like with these younger, not younger, I guess, but like with these less powered Jedi, they probably wouldn't sense them because their abilities are so latent. Hmm. All right. So that's just another way to explain like, also, why the fuck are they here? Like, I loved them. Like, for starters, when like when the hood was placed over the blind guy's head, and he was like, "Oh, come on!" I was like, "Oh my god, I so feel you on a personal level." Because like just before those hoods went on, I looked at Ben and I was like, "They probably haven't washed those like ever." Oh, I'm really fun to go to a movie with. I just nonstop entertainment. Uh, do you have any more music, Skyler? I I have some info that you can look forward to seeing Donnie Yen in Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage, later this month. Damn right. Uh-huh. That's all I know. I don't know if they're making <laughs> an It Man 4. I don't think they should. <laughs> I don't know. And then I just want a request that we play more Doctor Strange, because this makes me want to listen to that instead of this. Okay. Science! 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 Let's talk about... The ending bit. The ending bit. On the on the base. Okay. Where they're stealing the plans. There's a giant planet. There's that's... a giant planet that's surrounded by a giant shield, and it's got giant jammers, so you can't transmit anything. Yeah. Sure. Okay, we're going to do those kind of one by one. So first off, jammers. Giant they're jamming, planet. They're jamming the transmissions on and off the... Or on and off, just off. Stopping transmissions, jamming, yeah, creating interference scrambling? so that nothing can get through it. Yeah, That's well, this is this is pretty pretty basic, but basically, you can jam whatever signal you want. All you have to do is find out what frequency the thing you want to jam is broadcasting on. Yep, and then fill the air with as much noise as possible so that the signal like gets overwhelmed and all you hear is noise. <laughs> And that's it. You can buy a cell phone jammer. Oh, yeah. They're Super easy. And slightly illegal. It's kind of a, an issue with radio broadcasting is there's only a limited amount of radio space before frequencies start to overlap. That's why if you ever listen to the radio and you notice that like the same channel starts to, as soon as you get to a certain point, you start to hear two channels overlapping on each other if you've ever been on a road trip and listen uh, to the same station. Ni- 95.3 in Mankato is Minnesota Public Radio. 95.3 in the Twin Cities is Christian Rock. Yes. And right around, like, LeSueur, <laughs> it's yeah. both at the same time. Yeah. So Excellent. Prairie Home Companion. So, and Jesus, I need to be saved. So what, what the Empire is doing is to make sure transmissions don't get off the planet if they're not supposed to, is they just flood the air with... Noise, NPR. so that you can't hear anything <laughs> but. The- <laughs> so, so you can't hear anything unless they want a message to get through, and then they turn it off. So much, all things considered, they just can't uh, fucking stop it. Yeah, Ira Glass, up <laughs> in your shit. <laughs> Quick, send a message here on This American Life. Damn it! No, turn it off. <laughs> we can't get a signal through. So that's 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 why they couldn't just broadcast the Death Star plans up because too easy, right? And it would not be the Death Star plans. It would be um, Terry Gross 
reading fresh air. <laughs> it would it would be Terry Gross reading all the technical manuals for the Death Star's <laughs> functions, and that it just no. So, yep, Special that's, guest, that's Louis Anderson. <laughs> that works. Oh, but shit. then the people on the ground are able to talk to the sh- rebel ships, so they're either broadcasting on a frequency where the Empire isn't. Oh, it's a close range frequency. Yeah. yeah. It's it's the distance. The farther you get from one point to another, the more chance there is for interference. Yeah. So that's why if you're very close to each other, you can hear each other very well because the signal doesn't have to go too far. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're schooling me on the science because you're actually an AV guy. Yeah. <laughs> I did do. I did work in this for a year, but so. I mean, it's not like I learned shit. Well. Quick save face. Switch topics. Quick uh, save face. <laughs> uh, the big electromagnetic shield. Yes, right. I don't know shit about electromagnetics. Mm. Okay, so... Oh, I know tons. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so they have that big blue electromagnetic shield that goes around the whole planet, and then when ships crash into it, they blow up. Yeah, doesn't Earth already have an electromagnetic field? We have a magnetic field, oh. which deflects dangerous charged electro or charged and radioactive particles from outer space okay. so that we don't fry ourselves. Yes. Um, electromagnetic. Electromagnetic. Um, electromagnetism, I think I've mentioned this, is one of the four fundamental forces. Yep. And it is the force conveyed by photons, and it's what holds electrons together between atoms. Mm. So the atoms form molecules, and the molecules form materials. So they have an electromagnetic shield, but since the electromagnetic force is what holds everyday objects together, an electromagnetic barrier is basically just... A regular barrier. <laughs> so it's a wall? So it is literally just like a solid wall. It's not a laser wall. It's not a laser wall. So that seems so odd. It's not... What material... It's it's made out of a different material then. You can't be made up of electromagnetism, can you? You could be photons. Actually, it could be just a laser... Photons? Could Yeah. Just a bunch of light just, molecules yeah. tied together? Yeah, the electromagnetic force is conveyed by photons. Okay. So you shine a bunch of really powerful lasers that will, you know, burn up anything that goes through them because they're so powerful of lasers. Yeah, all right. There you go. That's an electromagnetic shield. Yeah. So the stuff wouldn't bounce off of it and smash it. It would just fry. It would just burn up. Yeah. 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 Probably wouldn't be set on fire. So if you can crash, so if you can crash a star destroyer (laughs) into it and it cracks open. It's just a regular barrier. There's not that much special about well, it. Well, they kind of went through the thing that was like the big ring yeah, that was that, holding it up. They like kind of sheared part of that off, so I feel like that's important. Oh, that's, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't want to try to They took off toes. some of the lasers that were used mm. to turn yeah. it on and off, whereas all the other lasers were just on all the time. Mm. Yeah. Tremendous amount of energy, far beyond any sort of human capability. Sure. There's a, if you can surround an entire planet, or a better yet, a star- with something, you mm-hmm. surround it with like solar panels. Surround a star with something that can absorb all the energy from that star and send it somewhere else. That's called a Dyson sphere. <laughs> they don't you. exist, but if they did, it would be awesome. <laughs> um, Wasn't that in a, another universe we were talking about? Yeah, there, there. I think I've mentioned a Dyson sphere on some movie at some point. You have, I remember. In a galaxy far, far away. What? Did they talk about Dyson Spheres in Force Awakens? Yes. At what point? I don't know. I'm just here to 
fuck shit up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next topic. It was like Thor or something dumb. Um, uh, fire in space? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? Is what I wrote down. Because <laughs> in space we see explosions. Uh, oxygen in space? Fire is fueled by oxygen. Right. Yeah. So to s- have an explosion, you need some kind of gas combusting. Um, but there's no air in space. Vacuum. It's a total vacuum. Um, so if you want to get fire in space, it has the gas that's combusting has to be inside of whatever you're blowing up. So what does what happens to fire? It just goes. It'll like all of it just once it burns like, away the gas that's inside the thing, it doesn't keep going. Like it's like a snuffed out candle, really fast. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So that's what, I want to see accurate. Like spaceship battles. Although then, I, wouldn't they not make noise either? Like there wouldn't be that weird yeah. like pew, pew, Tie pew. fighter screaming like, like right. a pterodactyl yeah. that's also giving birth at the same time. Yeah. So the, the what it sounds like the flight of a Tie fighter that's already in space would be totally silent. And that's it, a lot less menacing. Like I would like accuracy too, but like eh, then how do I know you're behind me if you're not screaming? <laughs> I yeah. like. I like. <laughs> Yes! I am so sorry. That was inadvertently inappropriate. I am married, unfortunately, to Ben. Yeah, to me of all people. Um, Oh gosh, what were we talking about? I don't want accuracy in my space battles because accuracy would be really boring. I want to see at least one. You know, I want to see, like, Firefly, I think, tried to do it. Firefly, the Firefly universe and Serenity, all of their space scenes were silent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but they didn't rely so much on, like, those epic space battles. Like, oh, Serenity did. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Well, they relied on a lot of Serenity, Serenity was, like, a six and a half out of ten, though. <gasps> Bitch. It was a good six and a half, though. What the fuck There's does good that in- mean? Anyway, also, wouldn't that make it a fucking eight? <laughs> Come on. Ant-Man was a bad six and a half. Oh, you're a dumb asshole. <laughs> wow, that's... Well, that concludes my section forever. <laughs> oh, and if you watch very carefully, you can see Ben sulk in the corner. <laughs> Oh, so you gonna cry, bitch? On not, all sides. I'm not gonna. No one's sulking. <laughs> Watch, I can make Ben's distress noise. <laughs> Sounds like a sad Wookie. It's <laughs> 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 the sound I make when I'm sad. Anyway, good science section. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Very interesting. <laughs> Actually. Yeah. Good. All right. Uh, so now we have fun facts, kind of, sort of. I know you have one topic of discussion: the crawl. Yeah, so I actually was reading up on the crawl because I really missed the crawl. Because I at first, you know, like you, when you sit down, you're like, "Excuse me, there's no fucking crawl. How do well, I know?" All Star know? Wars movies start the same. Yeah, like a, how do, a long time ago in a galaxy see, far, far, far away. away. Silence. Three dots. Good singing. Anyway, that didn't happen, and that was weird for me. Yeah, and there's no opening crawl of text. No, but they did talk about doing it. Um, I looked up an uh, an article that the I don't know if it was the new director or the old director. I didn't know they switched directors halfway through. Probably Garth Edwards. Yes. Gareth Edwards. He was the one who was talking about this, and it's on ABC News, so I don't 
I mean, it's fine. Um, Mainstream liberal media. So they did say that it was a part of the original script and, you know, and it was every, you know, everything that was in there. And then it was like six months before we were filming and they were in a meeting and then they talked about not having the opening crawl because this is considered like a standalone film, not part of the sagas following the Skywalker family, which is a bit of a shame because like, is what, you're a Skywalker and you get the crawl and you're not a Skywalker and you're just left out there. <laughs> left like, hanging. That seems a no shame. No context. But then I read further down and it kind of makes sense because he was saying, he was like, you know, the opening sequence for our film is kind of like our crawl because he said it was kind of weird because this movie started out it's a big chunk of the first crawl we ever saw in a new hope and you know if otherwise and like now we're just getting a little bit meta because then do we go into the rogue one crawl and then do we go into their crawl and then do we just like keep receding backwards infinitely until we get You've to point zero for a thousand years yeah, exactly so like I liked that it was a bit of a risk with that I still missed the crawl but I'm sh- they're gonna do it again it's still going to be there. Episode 8 is coming out. Yeah, exactly. Here so, um, like, having that explanation behind it, it makes more sense because it does help separate this movie and it's not just, like, the... I, I don't... I can't really call it a prequel because there's already the prequels. Like, the... It's, it's three a and a half. It's a prequel. Three and it's a half. It's a spin-quel. <laughs> a pre-off. Nice. Good. No, keep going. This is nice. <laughs> well, that's all the only two. A sequel. <laughs> Damn it, Michael. One job. <laughs> no, I have a lot of jobs. I don't think you understand. <laughs> um, but I think that's we can all, all the information. Agree. Clo- uh, crawls are for closers. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Quentin Gary, Quinn Ross, you're bullshit. Uh, do you have other fun facts at all for us, Austin? Uh, no, mostly I just really loved this movie and I disagreed with Ben's opinions about it. So I was like, I'm going to come on your podcast okay, well, and foil you. Glad to have you on. It's always great to diversify the cast from typical white dude. From three white dudes. <laughs> to three white dudes and one white woman. Hey, well, you know what? It's a change. Yeah, well, yeah. it's been a while since we've we got Dr. Lauder's on and she's busy as all get up. She is a doctor. Yes, I'm much less busy because I am not a doctor. <laughs> yeah, I, I just read a lot of Star Wars. <laughs> well, I think that's going to wrap it up, gang. Skylar has a fun fact. Oh, yes. Yeah, I had a fun fact. Go, 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 go. I don't know if people realize this, but uh, Peter Cushing, the actor who played Grand Moff Tarkin, mm-hmm. he's been dead for like 30 years. <gasps> oh, my God. What? That is a fun fact. I mean, not for him, but. <laughs> or no, his family. Like, shit, that's really good. I, I was like, God damn it, that guy must be old. Like, he was. <laughs> dust when this movie came out like <laughs> how is he looking kind of younger like oh yeah that's oh, definitely that's so not impressive. grandma tarkin or the real actor but the dude is spot on i was like shit oh man skylar good fun fact that's very fun thank you i um honestly watching their recreation i thought this guy looks more like charles dance from game of thrones than anybody Who's the leader of the rebellion? Who's that? Who's that? Mon girl? Mothma. Mon Mothma. Mm-hmm. Yes. She's one of the original okay. three with General Bellabis and uh, Bail Organa. Now, Mon Mothma, the woman, also not the same actress, but they got another no. dead ringer. I will say, and like the actors that they got <laughs> to play these roles, like their cues were right on too. Like they acted the exact same which sounds really stupid but it's harder to do than you'd think to make that that seamless <laughs> we have recent experience yeah <laughs> which movie did you do oh yeah we can't spoil that oh true because this is 
before that's oh. going to get released, and that's a surprise once it comes out. Oh, so unfortunately, we'll, I will have to scrap that when I edit this. Oh. Oh, okay, so quick question. Were we all being facetious in about um, the actor playing Grand Moff Tarkin being a uh, dead ringer, or do we all know <laughs> that he was <laughs> recreated with extensive CGI? It looked... It was impressive CGI, but it was like a little bit off. It was not quite Uncanny Valley, but I'm like, hmm. Like, you knew they did something, but you were like, what is it? Oh, like, <laughs> and then you, that moment came into full circle once you saw Carrie Fisher's face. Yeah. Well, I did think he looked particularly ghostly. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you and see now why Ben married me. <laughs> it's the puns. Yes. It's the- also, though, I just have one question. Who the fuck was the gunner at the end when they were like, target the base and he shoots like somewhere 20 miles away and i was like you gotta be fucking kidding me dude you weren't killed over that i would have killed you like that's that's dumb the base is just that big i don't think it's 20 miles away well it's hard to aim the thing that's why they had to destroy alderaan to prove that they could actually no because they already did a test run of the weapon systems earlier in the movie on jetto remember that's when i was like why did they just destroy that old temple that is priceless history that they will never get back it's because it's a remnant of it's a symbol of the of the rebellion i still think it's stupid you should always okay if you are listening and you are a conqueror of the future keep your old shit it's very important well it really breaks the morale of your enemies i will personally show up on your doorstep and i will sass you to oblivion and ben knows that i'm very sassy yeah well i guess you'll get death starred i've been i've been (laughs) not with that aim i won't don't choke on your anger Ambition. I I've know, been. But I've, case, that guy, I've been pulled from the doors of Oblivion several times. <laughs> but seriously, that guy did shoot it into like tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> so far away. He was just like, yeah, this is close enough. <laughs> Water. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ready for oh shit! Just like I just picture him like sneezing violently and then being like, oh, fuck. God Someone damn it, just- Gary. Can someone just like watch my station? I'm just gonna go to oh, the bathroom. The funniest <laughs> moments of this film were by far. I love clones just saying random shit to each other. I don't know why it cracks me up to no end. I love that they keep that in there. <laughs> it's like, did you see the new weapon shipment that came in? Yeah, this is some pretty good stuff that came with. I don't even know what the fuck they said, but it lo- oh, it just every single thing they say just cracks me up because I don't know if it's in their voices or what. But I just want an entire. Like sitcom series based on clones just saying shit to each other. I would watch it. Yeah, right. Call it mumbling. They have clones. the Clone Wars TV show, which is actually really dope. You should check it out. Well, I don't. Have I've watched internet, it so. three times. Come to my house. I have internet and two cats. <laughs> oh, I'm about to maybe have another foster dog. Anyway, <sighs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> on that cliffhanger. Uh, look like that'll wrap it up. Supervan Super Movie Studies is recorded and produced by. Me. Us. <laughs> Mostly Michael. Mostly me. Who sits in a coffee shop and edits? Michael. Like 99% Michael. <laughs> At this point, I'm accepting it. <laughs> if if you want to make, you know, validate Michael, make him feel like all his hard work is for something, um, you can, you can oh, head goodness. to our iTunes Drop us a five-star rating or a four-star or whatever the fuck, however many stars you feel like. Five. Five. Five? Five. Excuse me, I'm on this podcast That's, now? Give this episode. Five. If, if you can rate on an episode per episode basis, give this one five stars. <laughs> um, and also, you can subscribe to us there. All of our episodes are on iTunes. You should be also be able to find all our episodes, episodes uh, wherever you get 
podcast, really. Yeah. New episodes every month, most, every nearly Monday. every Monday. Well, you know, not the last couple of weeks because that was our winter break, but every mo- every announced Monday, there yes. will be a new episode. Um, I do believe last week was League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, um, and this week is Star Wars, so next week we're going to try for either Agent Carter or... Uh, Batman, or maybe Daredevil. Depends on what scheduling allows. Unfortunately, we can't fully prep the listener because scheduling allows certain episodes need certain guests for me to accept them to be cool, and I want to wait on those guests' availability. Which Batman? Bad Blood. Oh, okay. Possibly. Or were we doing the uh, Return of the Cape Crusader? Return of the Cape Crusader is actually on the top of my list. Okay. Our list. That's our list. Y'all can... Send in requests whenever you want. Hence why we did Mad Max at that one point. Twitter. Yeah. Uh, go the fuck to Twitter before you go the fuck to sleep. Um, Twitter Tom does art on Twitter. Not like actual <laughs> painting art, but his handling of Twitter is an art. Written it's, art? Um, That's true. Man's a poet. I would, I would consider tweets an art form. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Absolutely. Um, this week's Twitter challenge. Oh, oh God. Shit. We haven't even... Get Skylar to muster some enthusiasm over this movie. No. Uh... Oh, boy. What character would you have liked to have seen CGI'd in to mm. the prequel here? What original trilogy character would you like to have seen CGI'd in? Like an Alec Guinness CGI'd as Ben Kenobi? No? Mm-hmm. Uh, a a better Admiral Akbar. I would have liked an Akbar at all. Yeah, he was not yeah. there. Yeah, and, well, it was an Akbar stand-in, I guess. Well, that's why you never hear of that general either, because he dies. Everyone dies. Everyone fucking dies. If you want to play a drinking game, just like down your bottle halfway through this movie when you realize it's Saving Private Ryan in space, like it's I Hamlet. wanted to. Yeah. No. No, Lion King is Hamlet. So oh, it's shit. Oh, back at Lion King. more Lion King. Full circle of life. Oh, anyway. Here we go. Anyway, uh, that'll do it today. I'm your host, Michael Maurer. James Keller Hutzma. And I'm Ben. This is my wife. Yeah, I'm Ben's wife, Austin. <laughs> I that hope way. you all have a super week. You may fire when ready. <laughs> Way the fuck over there. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha